I have been personally been a victim. I have been robbed. I've been robbed at gunpoint. I have had my car broken into like three, four times. The cops will not get there right away. They might have to transfer you. I got transferred three times while I saw someone breaking into my car. You're going to have to learn how to defend yourself and take care of yourself until help can get there. Created live on Fireside. Welcome to Athletic Definition, latest sports and fitness news, covering what's trending in fitness and sports around the world. I am your host, Coach Ray Z. Welcome to all the new listeners and viewers. If you don't know about me, I am an endurance athlete who has completed over 57 marathons, martial artist, fitness fanatic, love sports. And I'm always kind of looking what's trending. And so I decided to show you what basically ESPN doesn't show you and bring you guests that don't get the ESPN coverage that they deserve just because they're not mainstream sports. Sometimes ESPN would rather show poker or Texas Hold'em than a marathon or, or an ultra runner or a jiu-jitsu. Uh, martial arts has come up in a, because of the UFC, but still a lot of a negative, sometimes stereotypes as far as fighters just not being smart. This show is going to be kind of I haven't I haven't had a chance to do it for a couple of weeks but uh I actually still been keeping up with everything going on and let's start off with something kind of light. Do you guys remember slam ball? It's full court basketball, but it's on trampolines and you get to jump and if I remember correctly, they get to tackle you. Well, it's coming back. It's going to come back August 20th, 2022. I remember watching it. If I think I, if I, if I remember correctly, I think I remember seeing Craigslist ads for you to go and try out because it was something so new that they weren't getting some of the more elite athletes that they that they are having now. So this one, they're not looking for athletes. It's just starting. If it's on TV or if I could watch it, I'm gonna check it out. I remember watching it. It was entertaining. Uh, nothing that I could tell you any of the players, but I always thought it was kind of like a fun thing, and I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind actually trying, trying to see how it goes. Uh, the next topic is basically Brittany Griner. I know that's been a hot topic o over here in sports. People have been talking about it. Lots of different angles coming regarding that. Some people are happy about it. Some people are not. Me personally, I think that's a long time. Basically for weed, I that to me that is just way too long, and I think about it's unfortunate for anyone to be incarcerated for marijuana. I personally don't believe that any human being has the right to tell another human being what to do with their life and what to take as long as they're not harming anybody else. And in the United States where I live, I know I have a lot of international listeners. In the United States, we have 2.3 million incarcerated Americans. It is the actually the largest uh, prison population in the world. So for being the most free country, we're the most incarcerated. Out of that, a lot of them are drug offenders. This war on drugs that we've been having, it's not working or we've lost it because on a war, it's usually like going back and forth. Since I can recall, it, it 
it's not getting any better. The cartels aren't getting any weaker. 40,000 Americans are incarcerated for marijuana offenses. And I got these articles from the Washington Post, the ACLU, and Forbes as well. And I'll put them on the show notes. I saw this TED Talk years ago. I don't remember who it was by, but it was very good. And, you know, since we're on the topic of drugs and it's the war on drugs and that it's not working, there's other ways to go about drugs. Uh, I saw this TED Talk where this guy was talking about his brother. His brother was a meth addict and his whole family were a bunch of drug addicts. So he started learning about meth, not because he was all into meth, but because he wanted to learn how he could help his family. And everything, every sort of program over here, it didn't help. So then he found out about Portugal. And this is years ago, so maybe it's probably 20 years on Portugal. They legalized all drugs, all drugs. They're all legal. You can do anything you want. And they released all the prisoners that were in jail for drugs. What ended up happening is the government went to all the businesses and they said, for example, if someone had an interest in mechanics, they would say, to a mechanic shop, if you hire this person, we'll pay half of their salary, right? And that's a win for the company because they're only paying 50% to the employee. And then the employee is getting paid the full amount. And then if he does good after one year, you hire him completely. And what happened was all the drug users, because they let out the people for drugs. So a lot of people feel that it's because they don't feel like part of society, that the outcast and they need something in their life. And so by being and contributing to society and having a job to go to, all the, the numbers were showing that on their own, they stopped doing drugs. It, and the way we do it over here is we send them to rehab and it's not working. There's other alternatives, other ways, other countries are dealing with it too. The drug problem is a worldwide problem, but Portugal, that's a whole different way that they took it. And it, it seems to work uh, or it seemed to have been working. As far as I know, they're not having any major like crime issues or anything like that. So that's something that could be considered. The other extreme that I know of, I think it's somewhere in Thailand where to get off where if you're just like a hardcore drug addict and things like that, you can go and they, you do a lot of purging for that type of cleanse. But we definitely have to do something else. As the saying goes, if you keep doing what you've always done, you're going to keep getting what you've always gotten. And the war on drugs is, it's, it, you know, we're losing it. And it, when you kind of think, or as, as far as I've looked into it, most of the people that are in prison around the world are poor and they're minorities in the United States. As far as I know, if you look into it, marijuana was illegal. And then William Hurst didn't want hemp to become like mainstream because then he would lose all the money in the, in the newspaper mills. So he really used racism against Mexicans and blacks saying that when they get high, they wanted to rape white women. And that's part of the reason why marijuana became illegal. And now we have 40,000 Americans incarcerated for marijuana. And most of it is for small amounts, not like they were dealing. So if you think that Brittany Griner got a harsh penalty, nine years for weed, let's think about all these other Americans as well that don't have the skills to dunk a basketball or to 
shoot a three-pointer, but that are being incarcerated, if you think that it's unfair, if you think it's fair or maybe not, you know, if you think nine years is too little for what she did, then I've, that's, I don't know, come on the show, we could talk. That's a very deep subject. It could go a, a long way, but we definitely worldwide, I know United States is a huge consumer of drugs and, and Mexico is like one of the biggest, well, a lot of the Latin countries, depending on the drug, they come over here, but we're the biggest consumers. And yet we have all these people incarcerated 2.3 million and we're supposed to be the most freest country. So I, I love this country, but I hope these other generations, people smarter than me can figure out some solutions. But in my eyes, unfortunately, she's paying the cost and we'll see if she ends up doing nine years or not. They're talking about trade, like doing some sort of trade, but it's going to bring attention to the people. I think most, almost every day, some states becoming legalized marijuana and over 50% of the United States believe that from what I saw in the ACLU that marijuana should be legal. So I don't know about doing nine years for a little bit of weed. And I don't think that a lot of these Americans, especially if they could be rehabilitated or if it keeps them more calm, should do that much time. This one is an article that I saw on Yahoo Lifestyles, toxins in our favorite junk food. And I read the whole article. And even before I read the whole article, I kind of knew the outcome. Put it on the show notes in case you want to check it out. Basically, of course, there's toxins in our food. Our food is some of the worst food in the world. And after, for my other show, I was looking into it and you can find lists of 50 products that are not sold around the world, but in the United States, you can buy them like Mountain Dew and Skittles, I believe, Pop-Tarts, it's that box mashed potatoes, macaroni and cheese. They won't even sell it in other countries, but over here, they sell it. And, you know, our bread has this chemical that they put in yoga mats to make it softer. So... Of course, there's toxins. And then if you're talking food where people live and it's a food desert or if you don't have a lot of money, it's cheaper to get fast food. And then the nutritional value in the fast food is, of course, not the best. But a bunch of Olympic athletes and pro athletes have checked out my past show earlier today if junk food or eating healthy really matters. And then this week in the news, this is sad. And I, I, I wonder if there's more to this story as time will tell. But in San Antonio, Texas, a man was working out. He was 24 years old and a 32-year-old guy. And if it was his mugshot that I saw, he looks pretty creepy. He's got this big old smile. He just went up and shot the man and killed him in the gym. Anytime something like that happens, I always think love triangle drug-related, gang-related. If it's none of that, then, man, that's really now in the gyms. That's going on. Either way, it's a tragedy. They ended up catching the guy. He doesn't seem very smart. They caught him walking away and with the gun. No, He didn't resist, but his he has a history of a criminal record and violence. But he looked pretty creepy, especially if he got arrested for murdering some guy. I just can't believe the way he... Uh, he was. Uh, I was reading the comments that Elizabeth, and thank you for joining, uh, put. Oxygen. We always see the, the NFL players. You know, they're supposed to be some of the best athletes in the world. And then when they go sit down, they take oxygen. So now if you go to CVS or uh, Big Five or any place like that, you can buy oxygen. 
And what they claim, the oxygen, what they're saying is that by you taking the oxygen, it'll help with hangovers. It'll help you catch your like breath quicker so you can go longer. According to science, it doesn't work. None of it works. But then I'm not done with that because that's one article. And if the NFL players are doing it, I, it's something I'm going to have to look into further. Sorry, people watching on the stream. I, I was I was uh, going back to read the comment. Uh, and so, yeah, oxygen. Has anyone ever bought supplemental oxygen? Have you seen it? Would you use it? Do you think it works? I've never used it. I've gone to one of those oxygen bars. It's supposed to be that, you know, the more oxygen you take, the, the better. But from reading the article, and of course, I'll include in the show notes, it was showing that if you have a healthy body, I think you're taking in 99% oxygen. So how much more can you really take if you take it from a can? I haven't even checked how much they are, but I definitely would not waste my money on it to try and use it for recovery. I would just work out more, train more efficiently, find out more about, you know, your VO2 max. And LeBron James, LeBron James, he is in the news all the time. And this time, I'm calling you out, LeBron James. I'm calling you out for misinformation. So LeBron James is known to spend $1.5 million a year on his body. And you're like, what? That's a lot of money. Like, what could you possibly spend $1.5 million on? Uh, his buddy, Chris Paul, who also plays in the NBA point guard for the Phoenix Suns, he spends a million dollars a year on his body. And it's, according to them, body maintenance ranging from trainers, nutritionists, personal chefs, massage therapists, hopefully not like Watson massage therapists going through like 80 in three months. So he spends his money, he spends 1.5 million on it. And when he was asked about it, because recently uh, Giannis was saying he's too cheap to spend 1.5 million on his body. So he was kind of joking around. So they asked LeBron James about it. And he says, I train my body for whatever. I'm not your typical guy in his 18th season. I train my body for a marathon. Then then say, if you stay ready, you, you ain't got to get ready. Well, LeBron James, I checked, and you've never ran a marathon. So how can you train your body for a marathon if you've never ran a marathon? Or why are you training for a marathon if you're an NBA player? Just kidding. My respects to anyone who spends $1.5 million on their body. I had to look it up if LeBron James ever ran a marathon. I couldn't find any record, but I don't know if I believe this. I found an article saying in high school he ran a mile at four, a 420 mile or a 440 mile, which regardless, that is super fast, That especially for his size. Uh, even in high school, he would have been like over 200 pounds, I think, and he's like 6'7". So to run a 420, that is like, uh, let's see, if he could maintain that for a marathon, he would be the fastest marathoner I know. Who knows? Maybe he'll get into running after basketball. People are into, you know, the fitness watches, uh, the, the fitness trackers, the apps. I like it myself, although I'm not buying all the new ones all the time. They do cost quite a bit of money. Before, the, before, you know, there were mainstream, there was different versions of the watches, uh, different brands, but they were all pretty expensive. They were about $200, $300. So if you go to my YouTube, Coach Ray Z, you can find this old video I did where 
I used to use the certain signs to tell you how fast you're going. So I used that to track how fast I would go. And then later on, I found out there was, a, I think, an a episode of The Office with that. I don't watch The Office. That's what I found out. And some people thought I copied that idea, but that was just an idea I came up with. And then I finally got an Apple Watch. I got the Series 3. As I mentioned, they're kind of expensive. I've seen all these other watches that I want. Uh, Fitbit just leaked and revealed their upcoming Sense 2, their Inspire 3, and their Versa 4 if you're into Fitbit. I also know these other watches that are coming out, and I would love to review them and give you more information. But as I mentioned, they're pretty expensive. So if any of you out there want me to test out your product, send it to me. I'll be more than happy to do a whole show, give you a review, use it for my running, for my workout. I, I was uh, going to test this app out, and I'm still going to have the guest on, but the app is not working for Series 3 uh, Apple Watch. It has to be one of the newer ones, but it's a very cool fitness app, so looking forward to be able to do that. The other thing uh, that's been in the news is that Space Force is going to be using fitness trackers to like, keep track of their fitness, basically. And I also kind of read, too, because the military was has been trying to update their like male, female, and people that identify themselves differently, type their their fitness requirements, and they've been having a hard time because they changed it. And you know, males, females, we have different bodies, we have different strengths, we have different weaknesses, and so they're having a hard time where everyone is being able to pass the test. So I I was even reading. I think they're thinking about going to trackers too. Space Force is going to scrap the annual test in favor of wearable trackers. So now they're thinking about doing trackers. So, you know, as long as you're staying in shape, a couple of things on that is anytime that you're going completely independent, someone somewhere will try and cheat. And in a way, I ain't mad at you because you try and cheat, but someone's going to try and cheat. So I'm not sure if that's completely effective. The other thing is, there's really a space force? I thought that was like a joke. I'm like, really? What are they going to do against an alien? Nothing. Even if they're in the best shape, they're going to do nothing. These aliens would obviously be more advanced than us. So if the federal government is spending and wasting our taxpayer money on the space force, why don't you guys just hire me? I'll be more than happy to defend the, the world against aliens uh, and you don't have to worry about me getting out of shape because as LeBron James and actually Sugar Free said, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. So I'm always ready. What the hell is Space Force? Really? I did a past show on fitness in the metaverse and it seems pretty popular. I'm going to do another one on it. And on there, you know, I learned that in, at least in the fitness so far, it seems to be doing well in the whole metaverse. And I kind of didn't really think it would do good because me personally, I don't see myself enjoying a workout with VR glasses. And then you have to wear these things on your hands. And then if you want to walk, you have to buy this looks like an elliptical, but it's like $500 and there's different versions. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg got blocked by the F FTC, uh, basically from buying the VR company and the fitness app, because right now he bought Oculus like 10 years ago, and then he's creating the metaverse. And then if he buys the VR, 
and the fitness app, he'll have too much power. And I'm not a big fan of Mark Zuckerberg. There's something about him I just don't trust. With him having that much information on your medical and because when you play these games, you're putting a bunch of information. And as the VR and technology gets more advanced, I was reading that they're going to be able to look into your eyes. Uh, they're scanning and they'll be able to even like say, maybe even tell, just for example, they could tell that you're going to develop diabetes or something even before you know it because you're wearing these VRs. Now that could be very helpful, like for medical advances, like, Hey, we can tell that you're, I have a chance of developing this. So let's do this to prevent it. We all know what Mark Zuckerberg does with our information. I wouldn't want him having all that information. The fact that he owns Oculus, the fact that he is building his creepy metaverse. Uh, and I already give, given my thoughts, the things he does. And then the things he, he, he says are completely different. He said he, he wasn't going to push with the whole Instagram for kids. But then if you, he has a Facebook messenger for kids and he's still targeting kids. I'm glad the government blocked this. We'll see what happens. I'm sure he's going to try and come a different way. Now, I love it when the bad guys get what's coming to them. Regardless if you're homeless or not, you shouldn't go around punching people. And lately, I think I've been seeing on the news more homeless people, mentally ill people are attacking just regular people. It really needs to stop. We need to find solutions. As I mentioned, this happened in New York, a Filipino American boxer, MMA fighter was walking down the street and this guy had already been known to punch people, a few people. So he punched this pun construction worker unprovoked and the, the fighter saw him and his instincts took over and he jumped on him and he did, and I can't think of the word, but it's uh he jumped on his back basically and he put on the seatbelt and that helped him bring him down. And then from there he held him until the police came and the guy was trying to deny it and everything, but he got arrested. And uh, as I mentioned, I think he was homeless if I remember, but I've, I've seen many times where the martial artist beats up the robber or something like that. Most of the time, nothing happens to the martial artist. It, it all goes good. But unfortunately here and there, we just don't know if people have a gun. We don't know if they have a knife. I did hear of a story, I think last year where some guy was trying to help his friend out get from getting jumped and he ended up getting stabbed and he got killed and he was a brown belt in jujitsu. So even though you're a martial artist, you always have to be very careful on the streets. But then at the same time, he said his instincts took over because he didn't know if he had a knife. And what if this guy escalates it from going around punching random people to pulling out a knife? So he felt it was, you know, as a good human being to intervene and, you know, I think he, he, he did that. And that's why I encourage everyone to train jujitsu, train martial arts. There's a couple of ways you can look at it. Yeah. I know the, the world's going through a great economic change right now. And when that happens, uh, we see the crime rate is going and going. We, especially in Los Angeles and all different types of areas, uh, in San Francisco, some giant, uh, like CEO guy got robbed at gunpoint. And now they, now when those people start to get robbed, 
that's when maybe they'll want to do change. But I have been personally been a victim. I have been robbed. I've been robbed at gunpoint. I have had my car broken into like three, four times. The cops will not get there right away. I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt. And I say most cops are good people. I have family that are police officers. But regardless, just from my experience, when you call the police, they're not going to get there. If you call like somewhere in downtown LA, they might have to transfer you. I got transferred three times while I saw someone breaking into my car. You're going to have to learn how to defend yourself and take care of yourself until help can get there. And you're also going to have to learn when to pick your fights. At that point, I didn't know how many people there were, if they had weapons or not. And I knew I had nothing valuable in my car because I had been robbed previously before. And I learned my lesson about having things in my car. So because I learned my lesson, I just let them go through my car. They really took nothing. Unfortunately, they got away. But that's when you learn to pick your fight. I could go and fight and maybe they have a gun, maybe they have a knife. I lose my life. For what? I knew I had nothing in the car or I, I do my best. I called 911. I watched them. I tried to get their vehicle plate number. I tried to get the best description of them. It was dark of the vehicle and provide it to the police. And that's all you can do. But you can live for another day. To me, jujitsu is one of the more effective arts out there besides Muay Thai, look into the different martial arts for protection. I highly recommend it. Hearing about all these new contracts that the NBA players are getting, and I'm like, man, they're getting paid so much money. And then I, in my head, I'm like, well, if they're getting paid so much money, that means that the owners are even making more money. So then I had to start looking into the richest NBA owners, and I found a list. And then I'm like, well, I need to kind of compare some of the owners and the players because when you start the list from the very bottom i mean that's a lot of money but some of these guys are worth millions and some of these guys are worth billions and some of the money that are being paid to the players you know i hear some players talk on sports shows on espn and fox and they're talking about i made a hundred million dollars throughout my career and i'm thinking you weren't even like you know, like a superstar, you were a good player and you were able to make a hundred million dollars throughout your career, signing different contracts. So I need to check because I'm like, I think some of these players now are going to be matching up with the, the lower paid NBA owners or the low, what they're worth and what they're getting paid. But the top five, I'll tell you the top five ones. And surprisingly, it's not, like the ones that you would think, oh, you know, the iconic or most popular teams. Uh, the number one is the Clippers owner. And I I think he made his money through, yeah, Microsoft. So he is worth $100 billion. Steve, uh, Steve's his name. And then Daniel Gilbert, Cleveland Cavaliers, which to me was surprising but he made most of his money through Quicken Loans, and he is worth $22 billion. Which is interesting because LeBron James just became the first NBA active NBA player to be a billionaire. And then the owner's worth $22 billion. But I mean, they're, they're starting to, if you invest right, you can definitely grow that money.
And number three is Portland Trailblazers. Uh, the owner is worth $20.3 billion. And it says Paul Allen, I guess maybe he has something to do with Microsoft as well, looks like it. I'm surprised by those teams. I, I definitely, Clippers kind of, I renew because of Microsoft and when he bought the team not too long ago. Cleveland Cavaliers, I was surprised. Also, Portland. Number four is the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, his name is Robert Para. He's worth $14.4 billion. And let's see if we could see what he made his money in. He holds a degree in electric, electrical engineering from the University of San Diego. Uh, he worked at Apple. It doesn't really say how. He's a self-made billionaire, one of the youngest billionaires in the world. I'm going to have to look into him more, see how he did that. Uh, and then number five is Anna Walton. And Denver Nuggets worth $9.1 billion. And, of course, with the name Walton, I already figured it was Walmart. And, yes, Walmart. And then if you're wondering where our very own Mark Cuban from Fireside ranked, he ranked number 15. And let me see. He ranked number 15, I think. Let me scroll down to, oh, no. Mark Cuban ranked at number 13. Uh, it says net worth is $4.5 billion. So that's pretty impressive. I'm, I'm, I'm still not done with this. This one I'm going to do a little bit more detailed because I want to compare some of the players. And it it's interesting. Like, But then the way they are, it might say that that's how much they're worth. But then their taxes... They're doing, they, they, it's some different creative, uh, what do they call it? Creative, not mathematics, but it, it was like when all those fraud loans were going on. Not that I'm accusing any of them of fraud, but they sure know their tax laws or their accountants do. So thank you everybody for joining me. Thank you, Elizabeth, for being in the show, in the audience. And if, Anyone uh, has any comments on any of the news topics I covered today, I'm more than happy to have you come up. If not, I will be back next week, back with the guest. Uh, this week, uh, I didn't book any guests because I had a couple doctor's appointments and I had to go back and forth. The good thing is I got bit by a dog. That's not the good thing. The doctor gave me medical clearance to start working out again today. So I got to work out again and I'll be probably give me more information on that as well because it's been quite the learning experience i did a show on what to do when dogs attack but the saga continues it's not that easy and if it's not that easy for me that means other people have gone through and would need to know what to do the other thing i realized is i'm not a fan of doctors i don't like doctors maybe even have a little bit of a fear of doctors and i don't fear anything i just I'm really trying to recall why I don't like doctors. I don't like lawyers and I put lawyers and doctors in the same place. I can tell you why I don't like lawyers. My very first experience with a lawyer is when I was a teenager, I was in a car accident and it said free consultation and I needed to speak to a lawyer because of the car accident. It wasn't my fault. And then the car accident. So I went to the lawyer, the lawyer was like, oh yeah, we can do this, we can do that, great. Then I get a bill from the lawyer saying, you owe this much money for our consultation. I'm like, it was free. 
I got a flyer back back in the day and it said free consultation. And then she tried to turn around and charge me. And she's like threatening to take me to court and collections. And I'm like, man, I'm just this high school kid with like being basically abused by the system. And like, I'm going to for help. And then the people in charge of the system are abusing me. And then they're threatening to take money that I don't have. And I just got a really bad taste. Um, at the time, I remember someone helped me out. They wrote a letter to like the state bar and they reported the lawyer and then the lawyer uh, stopped uh, like deceased bothering me and just completely uh, left me alone after that. But I still have the I still have the bill. I still have the letter. I still have the flyer and I still have the letter that was sent to the state board. So that was like one of my first experiences with, you know, the system and the lawyer, and it was not good. Now I need to speak to a lawyer regarding the dog bite, and I'm hesitant to find a lawyer because I just don't trust them. I'm like, I just want some advice. If we work together, great. If we don't, but I want my free consultation. I don't want you to come after me promising one thing and then doing another. Maybe I'm, I'm a, uh, you know, the system, in my opinion, from what I've experienced, has always tried to F me. So I'm hesitant about using them for like, I'd rather just not go to the doctor. That's, And then the doctor that I was talking to today says, hey, you know what? You're not alone because I, I was kind of breaking it down to him. And he's like, you're not alone. A lot of women come here. They get, pam uh, what is it? Uh, when they go for the breast uh, exams and they go more often to take certain exams. And when it comes to men, uh, he's, he, you know, he'll be like, Hey, when's your husband coming? So we can do a, you know, physical. And she's like, oh, he, you know, they don't like doctors. And that's when I started thinking, yeah, you know what? I, I'm probably not the only guy that doesn't like doctors, but you know, in, in the long run, if we don't go get blood work, if we don't go for physicals and something, can be done preventative by not going to a doctor. We're only going to hurt ourselves. So the doctor that I went to and met today was very cool. I'm actually thinking about having him on the show uh, because as I mentioned, I'm just not a fan of doctors and uh, I'm going to try and work with this doctor because I, I have to, and he made me feel comfortable. And my prior experiences with doctors have been just, and then they ask you so many personal questions too. So it, to me, it's just not a good experience. And eat, I had to go to the emergency room for the dog bite. So the doctors there I thought were pretty cold. None of them were nice. I felt like a piece of meat. Uh, the time before that I went to the hospital, it was because I got stitches in my eye doing jujitsu. And pretty much everybody was being cold, not being like maybe because they see so many patients or they pass away or something, they try to detach themselves from being like nice or hu humane in some way or human-like. Then a couple of the guys in the hospital did jujitsu and they found out that someone was there because they got injured doing jujitsu. So then they all started coming and talking to me. So that kind of made it like a better experience because they kind of like made it go faster and at least I was being talked to like a like a human being and I, I realized not all doctors are like that some of them are nice some of them aren't if uh the doctor what he was saying is 
us men need to go and get checked more often. There was this UFC fighter who fought like a week ago and his best friend killed himself the day before the fight. And he was talking about how men uh, need to stop being afraid about having uh, conversations about mental health. And if you need help, it's better to talk to somebody than to have to go to someone's funeral. And in an, a later interview, he mentioned that most men commit suicide between 18 and 45, and no one really cares. There's no media attention. You don't really hear about it. It's definitely issue, maybe machismo, maybe stigmas, uh, a lot of uh, advice that you hear, even sometimes from within our own family about going to doctors or just seeking help. It doesn't make you weak. Sometimes I got to say, though, from my experiences, the doctors may push, not all of them, they may pet, push meds a little bit too much, which that's something that makes you skeptical, but you, there's nothing preventing you from going until you find someone that makes you feel comfortable. A lot to be learned, and I, I'm going to, I like to make myself uncomfortable. So going to the doctor makes me uncomfortable. So now I'm going to do the blood work because it makes me uncomfortable. I think, you know, usually growing up or anytime you go to the hospital, unless it's be because a kid's being born, it's never a good news. So to me, it's kind of like the policeman. In, in general, you think, oh, he's, I'm getting pulled over. I'm getting a ticket. It's never for something like really good, like firemen. Oh, they're coming to rescue heroes. So it's just kind of a different mentality that somehow society has... And at least the way I see it has kind of made it here in the United States. So I hope that uh, we can start just being more open about our feelings. If you need some attention, if it's really bad, you, there's a suicide prevention hotline. And hopefully if you're afraid of going to the doctor, then by me going and you can see what I do, then you can at least go in for an annual checkup. So thank you everybody for joining me, Elizabeth, Chris, Waitbot and everyone on the stream on Twitch and Facebook and everyone who will listen on the replay. My name is Coach Ray Z. Thank you for joining me on this special late night edition of Sports and Fitness News. Till next time.